Check, check. There we are. Good morning. <laughs> As many of you are aware, this is our high school senior graduation Sunday, and uh, we will be honoring our graduates. Um, if I can get it all pulled up here. Um, and I know that a lot of times... When it comes to graduating high school, we talk about success, both past successes and future successes. Um, if you came to Donovan and Evan's uh, reception yesterday, you might have walked past their tables and uh, you might have seen some impressive successes so far. Um, a lot of accomplishments, things that they have already done. And of course, the whole idea of honoring our graduates is because we believe that they have successfully completed high school and we believe this to be a good thing it's an accomplishment I want to outline for you today what I believe is a good outline for success now you're gonna have lots of things that define success I believe this is one way of looking at a way to achieve success in God's eyes because that's who we're trying to please, right? We're not here for us. We're here for God. And so that outline looks like this. Next slide. Remove pride. In humility, seek God. In confidence, pursue His will. And rest in His glory. All right, I can be done, right? Okay, maybe we should talk that out a little bit. Those might be a little confusing. I want you to see how these all flow together. It's not like this piece, that piece, this piece, that piece. It's really like a ladder. And you have to step up one to get to the next. So let's begin with pride. Pride leads to failure. Prideful people seek after their own way for their own benefit not caring for those around them, and not submitting to God's will and direction. This only leads to strife. I don't just say that because it's found in the Bible, though I'll point that out here in a second. I say that because I've experienced it in my own life. If you have been prideful in your own life and all it did was lead to strife, say amen. amen. High school seniors, this first step to success is to remove pride. Twice in Proverbs, we're told that there's a way that appears right, but it only leads to death. That's because we can't see everything, and we can't see the end. And it may seem like it's the right way to go because it's what's going to be best for me right now, right here. But I encourage you to find someone who has a longer point of view than you. What that means is find somebody older than you. And let them get you some perspective. Help them, let them help you walk through the consequences of the choices that you may make. In James chapter 4, we read about this. Verses 1 through 3, it says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill. 
You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. This is what God teaches us about pride. You want to live in peace with those around you? You're going to have to remove pride. You want to have success in relationships? You're going to have to remove pride. Because when we desire what we desire and we battle for it, it causes quarrels and fights. In verse 6, it says, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. In verse 10, he goes on to say, Humble yourselves before the Lord and He will lift you up. Humility is the opposite of pride. To remove pride means to insert humility. Humility means to put others ahead of yourself. It doesn't mean to have poor self-esteem. It means to say, I feel good about who I am to the point that I don't need to raise myself up higher than other people. And that comes from a confidence in God. When you humble yourself before the Lord, He will lift you up. Most often when we think of humility or being humbled, we usually think about somebody else humbling us. And actually we're going to talk about that too. But this idea of being humbled is usually in the presence of somebody who wants to push us down, make us look bad, put us in our place. When you humble yourself before the Lord, graduates, He will lift you up. Which leads us to our, oh, which leads us to Luke 14, almost to our next point. In Luke 14, this is what I was talking about a minute ago. Humility comes to us all. Either we humble ourselves or somebody else will. Jesus tells this parable in Luke 14, beginning in verse 7. When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If that is so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give up your seat to this person. Then humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. This is the difference between allowing the world to humble you and you choosing to humble yourself. Step one, remove pride. Step two, in humility, seek God. Because the truth is, humility leads us to strength. When we humble ourselves before the Lord, He lifts us up. When we put ourselves in humility with God, we find ourselves a strong place to stand. In Proverbs chapter 14, verse 26, it says, Whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress, and for their children it will be a refuge. Whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress. Other translations say, 
Whoever fears the Lord has strong confidence. Have you ever met somebody who just seemed to exude confidence? They were that person who walked around and talked with ease and never seemed to be knocked off kilter. I've always been in awe of those people. I've always thought, how do you get that? How do you know that? The truth is, a lot of those people that I've met, as I got to know them more, I found out it was a facade. It was just a face. It was a front. It was what they acted like in front of other people, but inside, they were still very much in turmoil. This is not like that. When we fear the Lord and we humble ourselves before Him, what we find is a solid place to stand. We find a rock. Who is a rock but our God? Who is a strong place to stand but the Lord? We read this this morning to start. 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 2 and 3 says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge, and my savior. From violent people you save me. And then in the same chapter, down in verses 32 and 33, it says, For who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. The Bible uses this analogy, this metaphor for God all the time. The Lord is my rock. Step two is that in your humility, seek God. When you seek God in your humility, you find a place of strength to stand. And then your confidence is no longer a facade. Your confidence is an inner strength given to you by God. And so you can walk around in this world and not be knocked off kilter because you have a firm foundation. We sing a song about it, right? Jesus, you're my firm foundation. Okay, when he becomes your foundation, you have a firm place to stand. But that only happens, like I said, it's a progression when we begin in humility. Removing that pride, seeking God in humility, finding that firm place to stand. One of my favorite songs from acapella is pretty old, but it's Stand on the Rock. It comes from this album, Set Me Free. Look at these lyrics. Stand on the rock. Move in a mountain, faith even small as a seed, and there on the rock, his love like a fountain, giving me all that I ever will need. Those words ring true when I seek God in my humility. Because then I can stand on the rock. And then I can take a hold of that faith even small as a seed and move mountains in my life because of the rock on which I stand. And his love, as I stand upon that foundation, provides all that I ever will need. And that's where confidence comes from, right? When we're not confident, it's because we're afraid. We think we're not going to have what we need. We, we think we're not going to get what, what, what we want. Remember the whole pride leads to strife? Remember the quarrels and fights among you caused by you striving after what you want, what you think you need? When you stand on the rock of Christ, 
You have what you need in Him. And then you're free to walk in confidence to pursue His will. And that leads us to our next point. A firm foundation leads to confidence. This confidence grows inside each of us as we continue to pursue God above all else. Fear is what knocks us off kilter. Fear is often what leads us to sin. I'm afraid that my needs won't be taken care of. I'm afraid that I won't get what I want. I'm afraid it just won't work out if I do it God's way. And so we go another way that appears right, but leads to death. Remember standing on the rock, his love like a fountain, being all that I ever will need? In 1 John chapter 4, in verse 16 through 18, it says, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Your God has perfect love for you. And when you live in that perfect love, it drives out your fear. When you humble yourself, you find security. When you stand on that rock, you find strength and confidence because your fear is removed by the love that God has for you. We see this also in Matthew chapter 7. I'm sure some of you are thinking, is he ever going to get there? This is where I know that Jesus talks about being on a firm foundation. Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 24. It says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But... Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. You have a choice to make. You don't get to choose whether or not you build a life, and you don't get to choose whether or not you build it on a foundation. You get to choose what that foundation is. You get to decide, especially at this kind of transition in your life, am I going to listen to all these words I've been hearing at church and Bible class and camp and from my parents, and am I going to listen to the words of Jesus and build on that? Or am I going to listen to the voice of someone else, something else, even my own inner self, and build on that? And Jesus says, Here's the consequence of choice A, and here's the consequence of choice B. Choice A, you build on the rock, you have confidence, and protection in the storm. You're solid. Choice B, you can build on anything else you want, but that's foolish, because that's like building on sand. Again, I bring you back 
to finding someone older than you with more perspective. In 18 years of life, you may feel like you have seen it all, but you just haven't. The truth is you haven't even been conscious of things outside of what's right in front of you, except for the last six or so years. And in that six years, really not too much has changed. So it may feel like the foundations of the world are solid, but they're just not. Talk to anyone who's older than you, especially if they're double your age or more, and what you'll find is a lot has changed since they were your age. And if you build on the foundations of this world, they shift and move and change, and you either have to do that whole dance your whole life, jumping from foundation to foundation to shift and move and change with it. The Bible says something about that too, being blown here and there by every wind of teaching. Or you can choose that rock-solid foundation of Jesus. And that will not change. The Bible says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Another one of my favorite songs is the song, In Christ Alone. But not the one that we've sang here. I love that one too, obviously I lead it. But Brian Luttrell has an album called Welcome Home. And it has an In Christ Alone song that says this. In every victory, let it be said of me, my source of strength, my source of hope, is Christ alone. If that can be your prayer too, you will find success. And that leads us to our final point. Our final point is that we need to stop striving by giving it to the Lord so that we can rest in His glory. See, all of this leads up to a place of peace, a place of quiet confidence, to where we don't have to strive anymore and fight and quarrel for the things we think we need. Psalm 31, verses 1 through 5 says, In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me be never put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear to me, since you are my rock and my fortress. For the sake of your name, lead me and guide me. Keep me from the trap. Free me and set me free. For you are my refuge. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Deliver me, Lord, my faithful God. That was a prayer of someone who said, my source of strength, my source of hope, is Christ alone. He placed his hope in God, and he said, I place it in you, Lord. You're my only hope. Obi-Wan, nah, not you. God, you're my only hope. And when you live in a place of confidence with God, even in turmoil, when it seems like it's not going your way, and you can't imagine it working out so that you're safe. You come back to that place of confidence on the rock, and you pray, and you pray a prayer like this. Lord, I have taken refuge in you. Do not forsake me. You see, when we are seeking God's will, knowing that anything we accomplish is through His strength and not our own, we can rest. When we think we have to strive in our own strength to accomplish things, there's no rest. If you've ever had the pressure 
to complete something, to accomplish something, to be successful by your own strength, and it wore you out, say amen. Striving under your own power will only exhaust you. You can't keep up with the rat race. You just can't. It's exhausting. And like I said, those who appear like they are, get to know them. It's only a facade underneath they're in turmoil. And so, when we rest in the strength of God, when we are in confident, when we are confident in our identity in Christ and find our security in Him, we can step out of that cultural current. We can step out of that rat race to achieve certain quotas or markers of importance, and we can rest in Him. Like this picture. Everything is flying by this guy. He's just chilling on a chair, sipping some coffee, reading newspaper. That's what your world could look like. And you're thinking, well, that kind of looks hectic. Life is hectic. Amen? But you can be calm in it. You can be at rest in the midst of of the chaos, or you can be spun around and become dizzy in the midst of it. And that's the choice you have to make. Obviously, music is impactful on my life. I have one more song to share with you. The band 10th Avenue North a while back wrote a song, By Your Side. A few of the lyrics are up there. I'm going to read an extended version here. It says, why are you striving these days? Why are you still trying to earn grace? Where can you go, child? Tell me, where can you run? To where will you run? Because I'll be by your side whenever you fall, in the dead of night whenever you call. And please don't fight these hands that are holding you. My hands are holding you. That's what God says to you today. Why are you striving? You've accomplished this really awesome thing of high school graduation. But the striving doesn't end there if what you do is continue down this rat race, this cultural current to keep up with the Joneses. And God says, you've earned my love by doing nothing. And, you, and there's nothing you can do to unearn my love because I give it to you freely. Why are you still striving to earn grace? There's nowhere you can run to accomplish it for God. And there's nowhere you can run to escape from God. Please don't fight these hands that are holding you, God says. My hands are holding you. And so I want to leave you this morning with a challenge. My challenge to you is this. Oh, let's review, and then we'll do the challenge. Forgot about this slide. Here's our outline for success. If you haven't yet, seniors, pull out your phone, take a picture. You'll never remember it otherwise. Remove pride. It only leads to strife. Replace that pride with humility in which you seek after God 
and find that firm foundation. And that firm foundation produces in you confidence to pursue God's will. And then you can rest in God's glory. Here's your outline for success. You'll overcome all the things of this world when you have God on your side and you rest in Him. So here's your challenge. Walk, humble, walk in humility with God and you will find confidence. And this confidence will lead you to greater things than your own will and strength could ever accomplish. Let me say it to you one more time. Walk in humility with God and you will find confidence. And this confidence will lead you to greater things than your own will and strength could ever accomplish. That's my challenge to you this morning. But it's not just my challenge to the graduating seniors. It's my challenge to each one of us. It's my challenge to me, because my own pride gets in the way a lot. And unfortunately, when pride enters the picture, it knocks me all the way back down the stairs to step one. But I can always get back up and take those steps again. This morning, we want to honor our graduates. We want to pray over them, and so I want to invite our, our elders to come forward. And we're going to introduce our seniors to you. We'll begin with Casey Cooper. Casey is the son of Patrick and Kelly Cooper, graduating from Piedmont High School. He plans to play baseball at a junior college. Come forward, Casey, and your parents. Next graduating senior is Tyler Rippey, son of Steve and Diana Rippey, graduating from Piedmont High School. His favorite memory from youth group is helping with the summer servants and finding a Jimi Hendrix vinyl record. He plans to attend OCCC. Our next graduate is Evan Rayhill. Son of Roy and Denise Rayhill, graduating from Pathways Middle College Epic Charter Schools. Favorite memory is being in Honduras with the Northwest Youth Group. If you're at his reception, he talked about particularly riding in the bus and goofing off and singing songs together. And he plans to attend college for theater and tech, tech as in a theater tech. Our final graduate this morning is Donovan Green, son of Robert and Tracy Green, graduating from Putnam City West High School. His favorite memory is the Colorado trip when he and his cousin Ryan created The List. You'll have to ask him about The List. Plans to attend UCO and major in graphic design. Let's give a hand for all of our high school seniors. Gather in. The elders are going to place their hands on you, and we're going to say a prayer over you guys.
All right, will you pray with me? Father God, we're thankful for each one of our seniors, for the accomplishment that it represents. And yet, Father, we pray, as Nathan has so vividly reminded us this morning, of the humility and the reminder that this is just a start. Father, I pray that you would give each one of them that personal feeling of love and connection with you. So that, Father, when they've ended their journeys, much as Joshua stated when he had finished the battles, that as for them and their families, they will follow the Lord. Father, bless them in a special way, and, and Father, bless their families that are represented here. Thank you, Father, for the wisdom and guidance that you have given them these many years. Help them to recognize how wise their parents and loved ones are and always search to them and search more importantly to you for answers to their questions. Father, all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, you guys can be seated. As I said, this challenge is not just... As I said, this challenge is not just to our seniors. We always like to provide an opportunity for anyone who needs to respond to the message. And so wherever you find yourself on those steps, if you're like me and maybe you have found yourself in a place of pride, knocked all the way back to the beginning, or maybe you're striving to remove that pride and insert humility and that's where you struggle, or you're, you're trying to humble yourself before God but it just doesn't feel solid, wherever you find yourself this morning, if you have reason to respond, if you want to begin that life with Christ by putting Him on in baptism, giving yourself an opportunity to do the very first thing of obedience to His teachings, putting His words into practice and being baptized into Jesus Christ, we want to invite you to come this morning as we stand and as we sing. Would you be free from the burden